0: issues I am Mike Brown your health and wellness coach and as always I want to thank you all for taking some time out of your day to tune into the Side Beyond Side podcast I know that you could be doing other things or listening to someone else but you chose to lend your ear and join into the conversation on the Side Beyond Side podcast and for that I am very very grateful and with that being said let's create some freshwater moments once again, I am here in the wee hours of the night, thinking and contemplating. I've had so many different conversations and I've have so many thoughts running through my mind, and I just had to get on get on record and and spend this time with you guys to get some of these thoughts off of my mind. As you have gotten to know me over these years, over the four seasons that we've had with the Site Beyond Podcast, I am constantly in thought and deep thought on so many different uh, topics, so many different uh, things that are going on in this world. Uh, I just can't keep it all together sometimes. And it's very, very difficult. Because my mind races 100 miles per hour, I think sometimes more than 100 miles per hour. 100 miles per hour isn't really that fast when you think about it. I mean, once you go 100 miles per hour, it's pretty easy to go over that. And I've been to 130-something driving on my own. I've been in a car going 165. It could have went to 200, but we didn't. We didn't get that far. We ran out of room. I think I told you guys that story before. But my goal in life, one of my one of my bucket list uh, things to do is to go 200 miles per hour. That's what I want to do. But not just in any car, in a car that I help build. That's what I want. I think that would be so awesome to go 200 miles per hour in a car that you had your hand in. And it's easy to buy a car that was built for that kind of miles per hour, but it's another thing to build a car that's not supposed to go that fast. And what I'm building is a Mustang. (laughs) You know what I mean? I wanna go 200 miles per hour in a Mustang and that's one of my my dreams to do so if i can build a mustang to go 200 miles per hour that'd be so awesome for me but i've been in so many deep conversations that i can't even put them all together i've tried to write them down i've tried to remember these conversations but man it's just going by so fast it's so hard you get so deep into these conversations and you just forget some of the things that have been said and you forget um some of the key points that you want to talk about. However, I have done my due diligence and I have remembered some of these conversations that I wanted to share with you guys. As you all know, in the news, there are so many different things going on. So many different things, so many things to distract us and so many, so many things to split and divide us. It's unreal. I mean, if you want to talk about race and be divided by that you can do that if you want to talk about the new roe versus wade uh, ruling we can talk about that all day you know if you want to talk about the high gas prices and how it's impacting the uh, economy we can talk about that if you want to talk about the inflation i mean why are we paying four dollars for a a dozen of eggs you know what i mean it's ridiculous the food shortage, we can talk about all of these things that are uh, built to divide us. However, I want to provide a different perspective on on these things. You know, for me, when it comes to these hot topics, I do have my opinions of them, but my opinions don't always match the the general consensus my opinions don't always match what i stand for i guess i should say not necessarily being a hypocrite but what i let me clarify that sometimes it just doesn't matter to me sometimes it is what it is and people are going to make their decisions and that's how i feel about certain things and if that makes me seem like i'm a hypocrite then so be it but that's just how I feel on the matter and I'm not gonna back down on that. And I wanna talk about this cancel culture that we live in right now. And I don't think it's necessarily necessarily a new thing, it's not, but it seems like it's deeply, deeply, deeply uh, embedded in our daily life our daily our daily lives our daily lifestyles whatever you want to call it but it's something that is at the forefront now this cancel culture if you don't agree with the masses then they come against you and they they try to go against you and shut you up any kind of way possible and that's the world that we're living in but we have a decision to make are you going to going to to stop saying what you have to say out of fear of being canceled Or or are you going to stand firm in what you believe in and and what you have to say? That's what we're facing. You have people in prominent positions and people in positions that aren't deemed prominent that are being faced with this situation on a daily basis. And this cancel culture is pretty interesting to me. It's something that... um, it's hard for me to stand by. It truly is. Because for me, when I look at it, I've never been one that would just flow with the masses blindly. I'm not that guy. I never will be that guy. I will think for myself and I will use logic. I would use my, my intuition. I would use my discernment. I would use my knowledge and wisdom to make my decisions. I learned that at a young, young age. I had my firstborn at 17 years old. That's not new news for you guys who have been listening. At, it was at that point where I had to decide, am I going to allow everybody else to dictate how I raise my son? Am I going to allow everybody to say what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong to dictate my plans and my future for myself and for my son and my future children? Am I going to realize that my path is different than everybody else's path? Not that I'm special. It's not that. It's not that I'm special. I'm better than anybody. It's the fact that I have an idea and I have an agenda on how I want to raise my children. I know my end goal. I know what type of men and what type of women I'm trying to Uh, raise them to be. And sometimes you have to block out all the haters and you have to block out even people that you trust. And that's a hard pill to swallow at times because you're thinking to yourself, well, I trust this person. I believe in this person. But maybe that's just not for me. Maybe that's just not my path. I'm going to to listen to what they said, and I'm going to take in that information, but I may not utilize that information. And that's just part of being a man or a woman. You're, you're going to have to decipher between what is useful and what is not, what is truth and what is falsehood, what is conducive to your path and what is not. What's going against that? And because of social media, this cancel culture has ran, it has run amok. It is running rampant. I mean, if someone says something, you have a hundred thousand people, a million people saying their opinion on it and tearing you down and saying you should not work again, you should not do anything, you should be a nobody on this earth and you should not make an income, you should be X'd out forever. If you don't agree with a certain group of people, then you should be X'd out and you're insensitive. You're not thinking about the other side and and you're totally wrong on how you feel. And there are a lot of flaws into that logic into that line of thinking and one of my biggest problems i have with it is this could you imagine if god judged us by that <laughs> i laugh because that that's the bottom line if god judged us in a cancel culture type of way we would all I mean, we already all fall short, but we would all be destined for hell and damnation. And I thank God that God is a righteous God and a gracious God and a merciful God that he judges us by our hearts. He's able to take that person who's been wounded. He's able to take that person that has uh, stepped outside of the box He's able to take that person who is an outcast and transform their hearts. He's able to take them and mold them into something that they never thought they would be. He's able to do all of these things that we are incapable of doing. And because we fall short of his glory naturally, this is why we have what we have with this cancel culture. It baffles me. You know, when I think about this culture, one of my best friends, we do not agree politically on a lot of things. We do not agree on a lot of things, even in sports. However, however, he knows my heart and I know his heart. And we're able to have these hard conversations and these debates and go back and forth and we don't hate each other and we're not canceling each other out we're not saying that you should never work and you feel this way you said this and you messed up here and you messed up there and you should never have an opportunity to be a human being on this earth that's not where we go with this and i thank god for that relationship i thank god that that relationship is the reason why i feel the way i feel about the cancel culture now, I think is utterly ridiculous. And I think, and I'm going to be real. I'm going to just be real about this. I think that it's cowardly and I think it's irrational. And I think it's totally unfair. And I think it's just blatantly mean-spirited. I'll give you an example that's on a lesser level. When we were growing up in the neighborhood we had a bunch of children on our block and we would all get together and we would play street football we would play pickup basketball games we would play anything but i'll stick with football we play football right we'll all get together we're picking out our teams and sometimes one of the kids on the block had the best football and we're like okay we're gonna use his football when it comes time to pick teams he was the last one picked and then what does he do he gets mad and he says you know what I was the last one picked. I don't like that. No one's using my ball. You guys can't play. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home because I wasn't picked first. I was picked last. And what does he do? He takes his ball. He goes home. He's looking out the window while we're trying to figure out what What we're going to do if we're going to play, the teams are uneven and we're trying to figure this thing out and we have a choice to make. Either we go and we try to appease the neighborhood kid who is upset and wants to cancel out the whole game because he's upset and nobody agrees with him, or we can try to figure this thing out on our own. And more times than not, there were a few times where we said, you know what, it started out this way. We, we thought to ourselves, you know what, we're going to go ask him. Hey, we're going to talk to him. We're going to say, hey, you know what, we'll, we'll pick over again, and we'll pick you first, and can we use your ball? And, and he'll be all happy about it. And then we're not satisfied. The game is not even fun anymore because it was like, whatever. Is it It had no meaning to it. And then it got to the point that he did this so much that we got to the point where we're like, you know what, we play with rocks. We would rather throw a big rock around and catch that thing than to go back and appease him for his ball. Because it didn't make any sense. Who cares? We're all here. You know your ability. You know that football is not your thing. You know that, but yet you think you want to be the first one picked? Come on, let's, let's just be realistic about it. Listen, when it came time for us to play wiffle ball, a.k.a. baseball, as a neighborhood, believe me, I was not mad that I was always the last one picked because I was terrible. I knew baseball was not my thing. They knew That I swung at everything. They knew that no matter what I did, I was either going to foul out or I was going to strike out or I was going to hit some light dinger and be an easy out. Every time I got up to the plate, there was people saying easy out, easy out, easy out. I knew that with baseball. So I wasn't mad I mean, did it, did it sting a little? Yeah, that I was terrible at baseball and that I was the last one picked. But I understood. I got it. I understood. Why would you pick me first? I'm not going to contribute anything to the team. All I could do was bunt and pray that I was fast enough to get on base. But I knew I was fast enough to get on base, but I had to connect with the bunt. I knew I was a liability. I knew that. But for some reason, this kid on our block could not understand that with football. And he openly knew he was not a football player. And he wouldn't accept that. And so he would take his good ball that he had and say, Forget it. I don't nobody's gonna play. Sooner or later you get over that. Like I said, we we would play with the raggediest ball. Fine, whatever. We will play with uneven teams. Fine, whatever. Now we live in a culture where, you know, we're trying to appease that person all the time. Even though we know that he's in the wrong. For me, I ain't got time for that. I don't have time for that. I don't care if we disagree, that's fine. I'll, I'll still have a conversation with you. I can have a, a, a civil conversation with you. We don't have to always agree, but at the same time, that does not mean that after the conversation, if I don't totally agree with you and say, hey, you're right on this and you're right on that and I wanna walk with your movement and I wanna move how you're moving, Just because I don't say that doesn't mean that I need to be canceled. And I think that's what's cowardly about what's going on now in this world. It's weird to me. It is totally weird to me. Because even some of the friends that I have that we agree on a lot of things, we still don't agree on some of the big things. And some of the big things, you know, are are very... Prevalent in this world right now. And we don't agree on those. But does that mean that I'm out trying to cancel him? And say, oh, you shouldn't be working at, at your in your job field. Or you shouldn't be this. You should be da-da-da-da-da. No, that's weird to me. But social media has made it so you can say whatever you want to say. Without repercussion. And then you can, you know going about your day and then terrorize somebody else that's what it's come to but then on the flip side people are using social media to say whatever they want to say and think that there isn't any repercussion <laughs> you know people are talking to all openly and thinking that i mean not just openly but they're bad-mouthing people and openly saying that this race is this and this is that and and I, i'm I'm not even saying I'm not gonna even break down the race thing because I have my own opinions on the race thing, but just for for general speaking, so everybody knows what I'm talking about. You have people talk about different ethnic ethnicities, and they're talking bad about them openly on social media, and then they wonder why they get some backlash, and then they come back with some apology saying, well, that's not what I meant. No, 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 no. You said it and you were laughing. You recorded it for a minute and a half saying what you had to say. It is what it is. When you put it out in public, it is what it is. You have to expect that people are going to say something. You posted it out there thinking that everybody's going to side with you, not realizing that Ah, there is a potential that people aren't going to side with me on this. It's just weird. So here's my whole take on this thing. Overall, I'm a private person. And I guess I'm maybe from the old school that you don't air out all your dirty laundry. You know, but you have people getting on social media, crying about their relationships and airing out all their dirty laundry and telling all their different uh, experiences and doing all these things. And I'm like, that's wild to me. That is wild. And sometimes it works out in their favor. They get millions of people sharing empathy and sympathy to them or whatever. And then there's sometimes there's the backlash. I don't know, I, I would hate to think that I'm cut from a different cloth, which I don't think that. I don't think I'm cut from a different cloth in that sense that, you know what, some things are meant to be public and some things are not. I remember a long time ago when I had Facebook, I had a friend of mine online talking bad about their their uh, their employment and just naming names and saying all this stuff and saying how much they hated this place. and name dropping who's doing what and who isn't doing what and all that stuff. And I remember calling that friend up and saying, hey, yo, man, hey, listen, listen, (laughs) I get it. You're upset. I get you're upset. I get that there are some things going on in the business that you don't agree with. I get that you think that you're being targeted for no reason. I get that. But at the same time, what is it benefiting you by putting this all out on social media. If you have a big problem with it and you want to vent, you call me up. Call up your family members and and vent to them, and then you figure it out that way. But what are you gaining? What are you gaining by putting all this out there? Because now you done called out other people by name. And I know that you're you have to understand that you have to handle situations like that with tact. You can't just go out there. <laughs> just exposing people. I mean, I guess you can, but. If your intent was to keep your job and to, to move up the corporate ladder, or whatever you're trying to do, that's not the way to do it. So. My friend was trying to cancel out everybody else and, and, and thinking that it was gonna help them out and that just wasn't the case. And plus it's just it's just tacky, it's tacky. I never understood why people felt so free to s- sit there and just blab out all of their relationship. I remember I had a, another young kid that I played football with and he was mad because, you know, he. His girlfriend was messing around on him. He found out, and he was exposing all that on, on Facebook and posting all these different pictures of her and the other dude and all that stuff. And I remember calling him up, too, and saying, hey, man, I know you're hurt. I know you're hurt, but some things need to remain private, man. Some things need to, you need to handle that privately. That's just not a good look. That's not a good look. I know you're hurt. I know that's you thought that was the right thing to be doing. But I'm just letting you know that that's not a good look. And I'm like it could go two two with that. One is not a good look because it makes you look bad that you're doing that in in general. But then two, how do you think if you you're sitting here saying that you're you're free and you're on the market? Who on earth, what woman that's a good woman is going to want to go with you and and date you when you've done all of this? And I know that you're reasoning, but at the same time, it's going to make other every, other people feel like, hey, if I date him and I make him mad, then he's going to out everything that I've ever said to him. All the secret stuff that I thought was personal that was between us. You want to continue to be a man of your word. And that's just not, that's not a good look as a man. And he was a young buck. He was a young buck. So I spit that game in his ear, just letting him know. Because I didn't want to see him go down. I mean, trust me, I knew he was hurting. I knew he was hurting. I get it. I get it. All you freshwater warriors out there, some of you guys understand that. But there's just certain ways you got to handle things. I can go through so many examples personally that I faced. I mean, believe me, there were times where I wanted to air out everything. But there's no, there's no, here's the thing. For me, I try to be a man of my word. And if someone tells me something that's personal and that is private, no matter what happens between us, I'm going to keep it as such. That's just me because there's nothing to gain from that. You know, I've learned this, I've learned this and I learned it very fast and If you get tit for tat in an argument, and you start airing out other people's secrets and dirty laundry, and you start airing out the things that were said to you in private, it's just a negative look on you, period. There's no coming back from that. There's no coming back from that. So it's very important that if someone tells you something, no matter what happens, you keep it as such. You keep it between you and them, even if they do hurt your feelings, even if they do violate you. And I know that sounds so ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous for me to say that, but I'll tell you like this. I just had a situation where... Well, I won't even get into that. I'll tell you like this, all right? <laughs> I'll tell you like this the best way I can. I've been put in situations where people have, I felt have wronged me or we, or even if, if it was vice versa, I've wronged them. I mean, that happens. But the situation, the relationship fell apart. And I had an opportunity to, to use ammo that they've given me against them. And I just refused to do that. I refuse to do that because you have to look at the bigger picture. This isn't going to impact just you and that relationship. This is going to impact you and other other relationships. It could be a big problem between you and your future relationship with whoever you meet up with or your children or whoever, your family members, your colleagues, your friends. People are going to look at you and think that, man, I don't know. I'm a second guess uh, being friends with this person. I'm a second guess trusting this person because I know that if he gets mad enough, he's going to air out everything. So then now you're left on the island trying to figure out why people won't talk to you, why people won't be your friend, why you're all alone, and all of those things. And that's not what I'm all about, and that's not what anybody desires. Those are opportunities where we can cancel someone out and try to get everybody to to uh, side with you. And that's all you're doing when you air out someone's secrets that they told you. You're trying to get other people to side with you so they can be canceled out and make them hurt as much as you think that they've hurt you, whatever. It's a silly game that we all play and that we've all been a part of it, and that is so normal now and it's ridiculous. So that is how council culture has been operating, and I'm saying it needs to stop. Where have we gotten to the point where we're so sensitive that we can't handle that someone has a different thought process or a different opinion on things? It's ridiculous. I am Mike Brown, a health and wellness coach, an educator, I am a father, I am a son, I am a husband, I am a mentor, I am all of those things, and like I say every time, and I mean it every time I say it, I am in the business of healing and not hurting, period, that's what I do, that was my gift from God that has been given to me, and that's what I'm trying to live out doesn't mean that I have to agree with you. And see, I learned this lesson very quickly working with others. Do you think that everybody that I've coached, everybody that I've, I've worked with in my lifetime, in my 21 years of working in social work, that I agreed with their lifestyle, that I agree with everything that they've said, that I've agreed with the things that they have done, do you think that? I've had to deal with people that were straight up criminals that have murdered, that have raped, that have done all of these things. And I had to be a, a a person of reason working with them. I had to put all of that aside and work with them. Do you think I agreed with all of that? Do I? Do you think I agreed with robbing other people? Do you think I agreed with uh, stealing from their family and hurting people and beating other people up and all those different things. Do you think I agreed with that? No, but I was put in a position where I said, I am here to help and I am here to make sure I can help them get to the process where they can begin healing. Do you know how hard that is? That is no easy task. Do you know how easy it is for me to say, you know what, they don't deserve another chance. And they don't deserve my help. They don't deserve my guidance. They don't deserve me to be on their side to try to help them change their lifestyle. Do you know how easy it is for me to say that? Do you know how easy it is for me to say, you know what? You don't deserve a dang thing. You deserve everything bad coming to you. You deserve to be in jail. You deserve to be dead. Do you know how easy it is for me to say that? And I'm not the only one in this position. There are very, there are a a lot of different therapists, counselors, coaches in this position. But I'm speaking for myself right now. But I know there's a lot of freshwater warriors out there that can relate to this situation. I have said it before. I work with a population that is considered by society, the lowest of the lows, all right? They don't deserve another chance. They don't deserve anyone to work with them to help them find their hope and their peace, to help them open up that, that hardened heart that they have so God can get in there and move for them and lead them down their path. but for some reason god has blessed me with this 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 gift to share with other people and dang it i'm going to use it so yes sometimes i do have a different perspective because i've i've worked with people that have been canceled and I see the harm that it does. I see the impact. I see that. And I've, I've worked through that with them. And sometimes I've been successful and sometimes I haven't been. But I can honestly say that I've given it my all. They can on, I can honestly say when they have worked with me, I have given it my all. This cancel culture is dangerous because what happens when it turns back on you? See, it's all well and good when you think that everybody else is on your side, but you're going to slip up and you're going to do something. You're going to say something that someone is not going to agree with. And all of a sudden, those people that you thought were on your side are going to be quickly against you, trying to cancel you out, saying that you don't deserve a second chance, that you don't deserve anything, you deserve death, you deserve hopelessness, you deserve unhappiness, you deserve to be running around, trying to search for peace, can't find it. That's what they're gonna be saying. That's why it's a dangerous game to jump into this cancel culture because it's always gonna come back on you because why? We are all flawed and we are all falling short on the glory of God, period. So it's cool for now when you think that you got hundreds of thousands or millions of people supporting you. But what happens when that flips on you? That one time when you don't totally agree with someone, when you don't totally agree with the masses, and then you speak out on it. You see, I come from a different perspective. Because like I said, my goal is to heal and not hurt. That doesn't mean that we have to agree. Like I said, I've worked with people that I don't agree with. I don't agree with their lifestyle. Heck, I've given a story of how I had to work with a family. And this is more than one occasion. But I worked with a family that didn't like black folks, (laughs) you know, and I had to walk up into their household on a weekly basis. I had to put all that aside. I couldn't take that personal. Why? Because I had a a goal to heal their family. My goal wasn't to heal them from their racism. My goal was to heal them so they could operate as a a well-oiled machine because something had been missed with their son. So I was trying to bring back some order and some structure to their family dynamic so they can heal as a family and operate at that optimum levels. See, we have to get past this personal stuff, these personal agendas that we have. Everybody's so quick to say, well, he don't agree with me, I don't like him. It's ridiculous to me. And I'm not saying that you have to go out there and try to save the world. That's not for everybody. That's not for everybody. Unfortunately for me, that's been a task. (laughs) And that's been a path that I've been on trying to save the world, right? And that's what I've been trying to do but that path isn't for everyone. But I want you guys to realize that this may seem cool right now, this cancel culture. It may seem cool because you might be on that side right now that's winning, allegedly. But it will flip. It will flip because one thing I know, I know that people are fickle. People are fickle and they change with the direction of the wind quickly. So the people that you think that are loyal on your side and then you ride or die, it ain't going to be like that forever. It's not. Something's going to come up. You're going to do something. You're going to say something. And they're going to want to X you out forever. This cancel culture is ridiculous I just miss being able to have Real conversations with real people And I thank goodness That I've been able to do those things But that's because I am the way I am You see I've had conversations with people that were racist. I've had conversations with people that did not agree with me politically. I have people that disagreed with me totally on a political basis. I have people disagree with me with the state of the culture. I don't mind that. I don't mind it. Some people may think that I mind it, but I don't. I don't mind it. It gives me an opportunity to continue to learn. It it gives me an opportunity to see a different perspective. To hear someone else's experiences. That's what it gives me the opportunity to do. And you know what? Likewise, it gives that person an opportunity to hear my perspective and my experiences. And if we end up not agreeing it's okay that's fine we had a civil conversation and we have something that we can go back and ponder and that's how it should be see this is why it goes back to the series that we've been talking about the foundational men see i can have these conversations with foundational men some of my closest friends that i talk to like i said we are a total opposites on some of these hot topics. But we don't go around saying that you're an idiot, you're this and that, you should be this and you should not be da 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 da. It's nothing like that. It's like, hey man, so why do you feel that way? Where did that come from? So what do you think we could do to resolve this issue? See, we're in the business of problem solving even though we're coming from two different positions. And that's the difference. We're not looking to point the finger. We're not looking to be right. We're not looking to tear down someone because they disagree. We're looking to problem solve. And we know that none of us may have the answers, but if we come together, we might figure something out why because you're providing two different perspectives but your main goal is to problem solve so now you can pick apart hey my you can pick apart my idea and say you know what that was ah that ain't gonna work but this might and i can pick apart his idea and say hey that ain't gonna work and this is collaborative right here i said me and they or whatever but it's collaborative you know so we can pick apart their idea and say hey you know what? I see that I see what you're saying right here. That could work. So maybe we can mend this together and we can make this work because our in, our end goal is to problem solve. See, we may have a disagreement on an issue, but the bottom line is we want what's best for everyone. So if we're able to come together and problem solve for everyone, then you know what? We might begin to do something productive. But there becomes a stalemate. There becomes a division when it's always, I'm right and you're wrong. You're stupid. I'm smart. You don't know a dang thing. I know everything. Well, if you don't feel this way, then you're not this. If you don't feel this way and you said this, then you are this. It breaks my heart every time seeing this mess. And I'm not going to get deep into it on, 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 you know, what we're truly fighting. I lied. I will get into it a little bit. <laughs> I lied. You know, my buddy Nate has said it over and over. And it's something that has been said to me all my life. And I totally agree with him. But my buddy Nate host of the Living Parables podcast, one of my good friends. um, He's on Wisdom, talking live on the Wisdom app, talking live and spreading the word, spreading the gospel, spreading the truth. And what we are fighting against is a spiritual battle. That's what we're fighting against. We think we're fighting against each other, but this is a spiritual battle that we're fighting against. The further away that we step from God, the more extreme this becomes. It's that simple. It's not rocket science. People can try to deny it all they want, but this is, it is what it is. It's the truth. We have stepped so far away from God that it's become ridiculous. We glorify everything that's bad. I mean, I've talked about it. The, the greatest weapon in this world is the music. I've talked about it on the podcast. I believe in the third season. Listen to the music and the lyrics. They are openly spitting out. All of this garbage, all of this nonsense, and people are picking it up, and they're living by it, and they're bobbing their head, and they say, man, this is true. This is hard, man. I want to be like that. This is so awesome. I remember back in the day on the radio, you couldn't even say damn. Now they're saying B word, and I mean, if it's late enough, they'll say all this stuff and let it slide. It's becoming a war spiritually. It has always been a spiritual war, I should say that, but it's becoming more evident that this is a spiritual war that we're fighting against. The music is terrible, the movies, the commercials that they put out is terrible, the message that the news puts out is terrible. So everybody's eating this up and if you don't have any kind of spiritual backing, if you're not in the Bible, if you don't have a relationship with God, this stuff is hard to navigate through. It's almost impossible. People are pumping up what's wrong as right and what's right as wrong. That's why we have the division that we have right now. If everybody realized that they were all in the same boat, <laughs> man, this world would be a lot different. This nation would be a lot different. But we have people that are middle class and lower class that are fighting against each other as if they're better than each other, as if they're in a different boat than each other. And we're all in the same boat, bickering and fighting while the the uppers have the upper hand and they're just looking down on us laughing. The same trap that has always been is no secret. It's no secret at all. They divide us with the most silly stuff. Silly, silly stuff. When you think let, let's let's go to racism. When you think of racism, it's the most silly, silly thing that I can even imagine. To have a disdain and a hatred for someone just because they look different than you? Are you out of your minds? I mean, it's just so silly when you break it down to its simplest form. That is so stupid. And I know I'm talking bold, but it is. It doesn't make sense. Do you know how many people you ask out of your lives that could potentially be a great friend, that could be a great ally to you, just with that line of thinking all on its own? It's silly. It is the most ridiculous, I'm not gonna even call it logic. It's the most ridiculous, irrational thought process that I can even imagine. It's no different than sitting there saying, you know I, I can't stand fat people. I can't stand them. I ain't gonna even give anybody a chance with that. Uh if you're overweight, then I don't want nothing to do with you. Well, newsflash, if you go by the BMI, I am obese. If you look like if you look at me, I don't look obese. But if you, you go by the BMI, I am obese. You know what I mean? But when I go to the doctor, I'm healthy, I'm good, or whatnot. So, you know, it, it goes by the standards. It's just ridiculous to me. Do you know how many people I would not have been friends with if I judged people by that way? And I thank God because I, I've said this to people before. I have parents and grandparents that grew up in Birmingham, Alabama during the Civil Rights Movement, if anybody, if anybody had any kind of right, I should say that loosely, if anybody had any kind of right to say, you know what, Uh, don't like any white folks. Uh, They do this and this and this. Um, Stay away from them. Don't associate with them. Hate them all. It would be my parents and my grandparents, but not once did they teach us that. Not once. They just taught us about life lessons and what to look out for. The pitfalls that you may fall into. But their message was never, hey, man, you got to hate white people. Even though their experiences were way, way different than mine. (laughs) So it's crazy to me. And I know there's people out there that don't agree with me. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm giving you my peace. It goes back to Philippians 2.3. And loosely that says, Do nothing out of vain conceit or selfish ambition, but put your brothers before yourself. Looking out for the interests of your brothers. Before yourself And that is my favorite, favorite, favorite scripture in the Bible Philippians 2, 3 and and verse 4 Because it sums it all up If you wake up every day With a selfless attitude What can I do for others? What can I do for my brothers to put them in a better position? What can I do to help them out? What can I do to bring some peace and some hope and some joy and some love to into someone's life? What can I do to speak encouragement into someone's life? What can I do to help someone? Even You know, we always think monetarily. It is not always about that, but sometimes it is. You know what? If I can sacrifice and buy someone a meal to, to make sure that they eat today, then so be it. If I can say hello to someone and start a conversation with someone that is totally different than me and in a different situation than myself, what can I do to help them? And I, I, it goes back to, you know, when you start thinking selflessly, all that, that, that race stuff and all the, all the differences of opinions goes out the window. It truly does. Like I said... I had to work with people that I knew their track record. I knew I did not agree with the things they they had done. And I had to put that on the back burner. I don't know if you realize how hard that is. Very, very, very difficult. And you have to sit there and say, you know, how can I help this person? I have to put all this stuff, I have to act like I don't know anything about them. How can I help this person? And that's why I am the way I am. And that's why I feel the way I feel. Some of these laws and these new changes in the laws, it is what it is. And I'm, I know I'm going to get flack for that, but it is what it is. The I mean, here's the thing. Just because the law says something, that doesn't mean I have to agree with it. But it is what it is. The good thing is we all have freedom of choice. Now, there are some dangers that go along with some of these changes in the law. I've said that before with some of the... Uh, um, uh, the rules that have changed on social media when they are trying to cancel people out. I'm like, man, if they're canceling out this person, that means they can go out and cancel out anybody and and take away our freedom of speech. It goes both ways. But the bottom line is, the law does not change who I am as a man. (laughs) And that's how I look at it. I don't agree with every law. Do you think I agreed with the Jim Crow laws? But that was the law, right? I mean, the same people that are are up in arms about some of these changes in laws, were they up in arms about the the Jim Crow laws that was going on? I don't know. But that's on them to understand that. But I understand that the laws, the law sometimes and I don't always agree with that. But I am a man and I know who I am as a man. And so how am I going to work around that? How am I going to continue to be who I am and stand for what I stand for and keep it moving? How am I going to keep this thing moving? Because I understand that. The path that I'm on, the same path that all you freshwater warriors are on, I've said it over and over. It's not a path for the faint of heart. It's not. It's not a path that is built for everyone. It truly isn't. I understand that i'm going to be persecuted i understand that uh that people are going to come against me i understand that i'm going to have some trials and tribulations i understand that adversity that i'm going to face i understand that people may intentionally try to take me down i understand that stuff so what am i going to do am i going to sit here and fight over every little thing you know i learned i learned early you got to pick and choose your battles and when you pick and choose your battles you better pick and choose strategically how you attack those battles. And that's what I choose to do. Does it mean that I'm unaware of what's going on? Does it mean that I don't have a an opinion about what's going on? No. It just means that, hey, what's done is done. What's said is said. How can I move forward with this? Because my end goal isn't changing the laws. That's not my end goal. It's not. And I know some people are frowning up, trying to think like, what, what, what? Then what are you here for? You must not care. I do care. But that's not my path. My path isn't to change the laws and be a lawmaker. My path is to Soft up these hardened hearts. My path is to, to instill hope and encouragement in the lives of people. My, my path is to clear the fogginess in your vision so you can go down your path. My path is to open up these, like I said, these hardened hearts so God can enter in and change your life. That's my path. And sometimes I understand that the law is gonna go against that. I get that. I understand that people that are close to me may go against that. I understand that my colleagues may go against that. I understand that some family members may go against that. But at the same time, I have a job to do. and I'm going to do that job and my path is different. And I'm going to stay on that path and I'm going to fulfill that path. So whether the law says otherwise or whether the law says that I can't do what I do, I'm still going to do what I do. Why? Because God has blessed me with this gift, and I'm going to use it to the fullest, period. That's my mentality. And that's why I feel the way I feel, and that's my stance on all of these different things that are going on. I don't sit here and worry about those things, to be honest. I... I I'll give it a brief moment and I say, oh, okay, that is what it is. Okay, what do I have to do now? How does that impact me helping people change their lives? How does that impact me helping people find their path and clearing their vision so they can get back on their path? That's my main focus. That's my focus in general. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what people say. You think that people haven't talked bad about me? You think people, you think everybody just likes me? Because I'm typically a a peaceful, happy-go-lucky, a, a happy-go-lucky man? You think people automatically like me because they think I'm a foundational man or I, or I, I am a foundational man? No. Some people just don't like that. And every time there's a decision that I have to make, I have to make a decision on if I'm going to let that impact me to the point where I, I say, you know what, I don't want this path anymore or... Am I going to block it out and say, you know what? It is what it is. I'm still going to be on my path. I remember long ago, I was working at a youth shelter and the program director called me in and was talking about one of my good friends and wanted me to turn on my good friend. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. If you have a problem with my friend, then you need to speak with him. Not me. And then... An idle threat was made about my job, and I, I said it like this. I said, you know what? No matter what, whether I'm at this job or not, whether I'm homeless, whether I don't have this job, whether I'm at some other job or whether or not I'm in the corporate world, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm still going to do what I do, and my path is to help people, period. So either you're going to help me or you're not, but either way it goes, I'm going to be down this path. So it doesn't matter. I don't operate in fear like that. It took me a while to get there, but I don't operate in fear like that. I just don't. Because I know what fear can do to a person. I know what it can do to you personally. I know that it can paralyze you. I know that it can keep you in a position where you are never progressing. And that is something, it'll keep you in a position where you settle. And that's never a position I wanna be in. That's never a position I want you to experience. But all too often, we have freshwater warriors and people all over that experience, that situation, it keeps them crippled. It makes them close up and say, I'm never gonna trust anyone. I'm never gonna speak my feelings. I don't even wanna be here. Uh, There's never going to be peace in my life. There's never going to be anything to hope for in my life. I'm going to stay right here because this is all my life is meant to be. It's dangerous. So I don't operate in fear like that. So I say all of this to say, I say all of that to say this. If you're part of the crew that's part of the cancel culture, let me say that over. If you're part of the crew <laughs> that is part of the cancel culture, I'm sorry, it's in the wee hours of the night. I, I don't know why. I guess I know why I pick up this microphone in the wee hours because that's when I have ample time, you know, without distraction. But if you're part of that culture that wants to cancel out people, I want you to think about what happens when it's your turn to be canceled out. I want you to think about what what is truly your path, what's your end goal, what's your agenda, what have you gained, what are you trying to do? The way I see it, there's a lot of people hurting in this world and a lot of people... Uh, they experience a lot of negative in their life all alone without you being involved in it, trying to tear them down. You experience those same situations. So I encourage every one of you, all you freshwater warriors out there and everyone out there besides the freshwater warriors, I want you to check your heart. I want you to really look in the mirror. This is a time right now to look in the mirror and really take a real assessment of where you're at with your heart. If you've never done it before, this is the time to take a look in that mirror that we've talked about from day one. Take a look in that mirror, and you need to take a look at that reflection and really look at it and say, yep, this is cool. Nope, that's not good. I could change that. And you really need to look at it. And now when you see it, it's going to hurt. It's going to be difficult. It's the most difficult thing that you can do. It's going to be easy to say, no, that's not really me. It's just a reflection. But uh, you need to see what you see and honor that as the truth. Now when you understand that that's the truth of what you're seeing in that reflection, now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay the same? Are you going to blame other people? Are you going to be in denial? Or... Are you gonna take steps to make changes to those flaws? It is time for everyone to look in the mirror and see exactly where they're at. So all you freshwater warriors, I encourage you right now, look in the mirror and truly assess where you're at. And you know, you might be surprised, you might look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm good, I've been doing all right. I mean, I have a little tweaks here and there, but I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna just keep going with where I'm at, that's fine. And then there might be some that says, you know what I have, now that I look at it, my heart has become hardened. It hasn't been intentional. It's not always intentional but my heart has become hardened. What can I do to transform that? And you'll need to take your steps to transform that. But I'll tell you one one resource that's always going to be a perfect resource, and that is getting down in prayer and praying to God and asking for forgiveness and asking for his guidance on how to change your hardened heart. Because ultimately that's how we change our hearts We don't change it because we do good acts We don't change it because we're just good people Remember, we are inherently flawed It's impossible for us to change our own hearts Because we have so much uh, negativity in our lives You know, we're we're battling the between the flesh and the spirit all the time. And when you don't have the spirit of God flowing through you, you're going to lose to that spirit every time. You're going to lose to the flesh every time. That's why God is the only one that can change your heart. Now, as humans on this earth, we can be vessels. We can be your guide to help you to lead you to that change of heart. But ultimately what we're doing is opening up that crack so you can receive God's grace and his mercy and the Holy Spirit so you can feel and be touched by God's spirit, by God's goodness and his grace and his mercy, his love. And then only then you will have that heart transformation. And that is the truth. That is how it works. I know I've talked a lot, and I know I've talked really raw, and I know I've said a lot of things that might uh, might offend people. People might take it sideways or whatever it may be. But just know that when I talk, I'm talking out of love, and I'm talking about the truth. Because whatever I talk about, I more than likely I've been through. Just like with you all. I haven't been through everything. Some of you, man, I'm telling you. That's why you freshwater warriors, you guys need to reach out. Reach out. Email me at cbeyond at gmail.com. Reach out to me on the wisdom app. At @cbeyond365 Oh, I said that wrong. cbeyond365@gmail.com. Uh, you know, reach out to me so we I can have you on this on the podcast and so you can share your experiences because you guys have been through so many different things and overcome so many different things and I want to hear your story. I want you to share your story. I want you to be able to come out here and say, "You know what?" This is what I've been through, this is who I was, this is who I am, and this is what I'm doing. And what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. With that being said, guys, I've talked long enough. I want you to know that I enjoy every conversation that I'm able to have with you. I want you to know that this is such a, a, a beautiful experience and I want to thank you for your continued support. And I want you to know that, you know what, no matter what you're going through, know that you have already overcome. Walk with confidence, walk, walk without fear. Walk knowing that you will overcome your adversity. Walk knowing that you have the resources and the tools to get through. Know that because you've already been through it. And that's a beautiful thing to know that, hey, you know what? This is not my uh, desirable position that I want to be in, but you know what? I have an opportunity to make it through. And once I make it through, I have a testimony to share with others. And you know what? That testimony is going to help others hope and joy and some encouragement so with that being said remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting and remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment until we meet again my friends